Hi, people. Hi. I'm Liza. I'm Riss. And this is the Little Sleep Much Reading Podcast. Finally, from so little sleeping and so much reading, his brain dried up and he went completely out of his mind. This is coming out one of the very last days of March. Mm -hmm. So we just made it for the theme of the episode. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We we said (laughs) let's end the month with the party. End the month with the party with the with the sleigh because guess what guys march is women's history month did you guys know that did you know because you do now you know now i think people knew maybe they didn't though they better they better figure it out If you just know the observance months based on our podcast, it would be hard to tell which month is Women's History Month because almost every month is Women's History Month. That's really true. Yeah. We're doing the damn thing, okay? We say swimming. Swimming? All of the time. We said I do it for the girls and the gays. That's it. And that's what we said. That's tea on that. What did you read for Women's History Month last year? I read The Bitch by Pilar Quintana, which was one of my top books of the year. What did I read last year? I feel like yours was really good, too. You know, I'm about to go check on the Instagram because I'm like, why can I not remember what I read? Wow, we read so many books. We literally be reading hundreds of books. Isn't that so fun that we do that? No, I read that over the... Oh, was it? No, it wasn't. Oh, I read The Dark Dark. Oh! Duh. So yeah, of course it was really good. Did that make it into your top 10? I don't think it did. I don't think it did either. (gasps) Sorry, Sam. We love you, Sam. We still have to read um, Mr. Slipfoot or whatever. Yes. And that's it. Oh, no. She has her nonfiction book, too. By Mr. Tesla. Yeah, and then she has another one. She has that book of essays that came out last year. Do you remember that? Mm, I do remember that. She's prolific, queen. Look at her doing the damn thing all of the time. She slays. She um, said pussy. Slay. 
Pussy Slay. Pussy Poppin' on Maine. But hey, what'd you read this week? This year, this week. <laughs> this year for Women's History Month that we are celebrating this week and recording today. <laughs> I read um a book sent to me by Feminist Press. Um called I Had a Miscarriage, a Memoir, a Movement by Jessica Zucker. Ooh, I'm very excited doesn't feel like the right word to describe my feelings towards hearing you talk about this book, but like, I'm just like, I'm very interested to hear about it mm-hmm. and to have this topic discussed as well. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't rate it on a rating scale because it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right, no. And I have to say, guys, I didn't rate mine on a rating scale either because I didn't finish it, but I still want to talk about it. Um, But I didn't think it was fair having not read the ending to be like, here's the tea. Right. Um, yeah, and you're, I feel like with yours, I almost feel like we kind of just like nix the rating scale when it comes to memoir at this point. Yes. We always have that conversation about like, is it like ethical to put a memoir on a rating scale? Especially something like this book when it's so heavily about someone else's trauma. Right, right. So, yeah. And that was like your book for memoir week last year with Jessamine Ward. And it was like, okay, we can't really <coughs> put this into words writing-wise. That book was so good. I know. I still got to read that, too. The list keeps getting longer. Um, But yeah, I read Hester by Lori Lico Albanese. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Very cool name. Uh, and this was a fiction book. It's a novel. So I'm curious, what made you pick that one over the the other one? It came down to this one being about 150 pages shorter than the other. But I actually almost didn't do either because mm-hmm. I read both of the first lines thinking that would help me pick. And neither of them really like grabbed me. And so then I was going to read something else. And... Then I was like, no, 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 I'll just do this. And then I was like, which one's shorter? So that's why I picked Hester. But I do like it. Like it is, it's definitely not my usual type of read, but I am actually really have been really engrossed by it. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason I haven't finished it, and I was considering even doing this instead, but then I was like, that doesn't make much sense, is because this week I read. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. And it's so good. Is it really like, do I have to read it? You have to read it. Do I wait till it comes out in paperback or do I just get it in hardcover? You might just get it in hardcover. Or go to the library or something. I should get I should just get it in hardcover because Catching Fire and Mocking Jay, I have both in hardcover. So yeah. I mean and then you might as well just get the Hunger Games and hardcover to round it out. Right. Um, it's so good. 
And I was like, oh, I could do this because Susan Collins is so cunt. Like, that's women's history. But the book is about President Snow. And it just did not feel right to, like, low-key, like, waste a Women's History Month episode on some some bitch <laughs> um, who is known as, a, we know him as Cornelius Snow. So... Mm-hmm. I didn't do that, but this is just a PSA, everybody. The book's phenomenal. She slayed once again. And I'm really excited for the movie, too. Which comes out in November. I had a dad come in yesterday, and he was like, where's the first Hunger Games book? And I was like, oh, it's right over here. We have it on a table because it's trending. And then he said, oh, okay. And I said, do you want me to share where the other ones are? And he was like, yeah. So I took him in section and showed him where the other two are. And he's like, I can't wait. And like grab Catching Fire. And I meant to be like, are, are you or is this for like, right. But I didn't ask because in my head, I was like, I want to believe that he's reading it. That's so cute. If he's reading it, you'd be surprised that kids these days, like don't really read it as much, but now they are again. Thank God. Cause it's trending. But like, I had a dad come in once and his daughter wanted to read Colleen Hoover books. And he was like, I don't feel comfortable letting her read Colleen Hoover books. I want to do something else. And I was like, okay. So me and my friend were telling him about like YA romance that we were like, this could be like similar to Colleen Hoover. And he was like, is there anything like really like, like cool? Cause like she likes like sci-fi and fantasy, but like movies, but she never reads any of the books. And we were like, oh, bitch you came to the right people we were like has she read hunger games and he was like no what's tea what's that about and i was like and he walked away with hunger games so that was very cunty but do you ever wonder if like she actually hasn't read it or if he just didn't know it's very possible that he just did not know because that does be a dad thing although i will say with my dad Every time I would finish a book, it would pretty much usually be like really, really late at night. And I would go downstairs and my dad would still be up. And I would sit on like the end of the couch, on like the arm of the couch and be like, okay, here's tea. Here's what happened in my book. That's and so cute. tell him everything. That's so cute. And then my dad would go and see all the movies with me. So he's like, I went and saw the Hunger Games movies with my dad. Yeah, I was going to say, Chief seems like he would like to go see the Hunger Games movies. Oh, yeah. He loved that. He thought that was really fun. You should bring him with you to go see the new one when it comes out. Uh, he he's he doesn't have a choice. Keep going, Chief. Um. Also, me and Chief have started watching a new show. He always makes fun of me because I have an obsession with reality TV, specifically Love Island. Period. And there's a new reality TV show that we thought looked absolutely hilarious. It's called Farmer Wants a Wife. So obviously we started watching it and it's so fun and so slay. I gotta watch that. What's it on? Oof. CBS, I think. PBS, okay. I think. Okay. Um I started watching Survivor for the first time. Do you like Survivor? I love it. It's so I love so me and Chief watch Survivor together. That's our show. It's so good. I don't know why I've never watched it. Wow. We stand. I love that. Very good show. I mean terrible, like crazy, but yes. so good. 
so good. Um, apparently season one. Obviously, I never saw it because I was maybe not even alive. Yeah. Maybe one. But apparently, the guy who won only won because he made everyone else uncomfortable by walking around naked all the time. Um, can't take his million dollars back. I feel like that's something we don't talk about enough in, we in do our not society. Talk about that. But also, I think he was gay. Oh, okay. Which makes well, it a little bit better. It makes it a little bit better, but still, like, right. <laughs> not okay. No, for some reason, the season I'm watching right now is like season like 18 or something. And it's like in Brazil. And there's this one really annoying guy named Coach. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. He's like a soccer coach, but then he also like ha- conducts a symphony or something. And he's so annoying. Uh-huh. But it's so fun. I love it. Wow. I love this for you, Liza. I know. I'll keep you updated on all my uh, survivor uh, findings. Um, any Any other lit news besides Hunger Games being slay? No, I not that I have. What about you? Um, no, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I will say if if anyone is in the the Buffalo area and somehow knows the store that I work in and has wants to come into the store that I work in, um, the table that I created this month, I switched it out from women in horror to cannibal horror so that's really fun (laughs) so if you want a cannibal book come to my store and buy it we love cannibal books we love and we got kin in oh yeah Uh uh-huh uh-oh and i mean like it's really cheap it's only like 12 bucks and it's like a it's like a good sized book nice and I'm like, this could be like the Walmart version of Brother, and it could scratch that itch. Right. You might have to try have... it out. I'm going to have to because it's so cheap. It's like free with the discount. Right. So that's that on it. But this week, this week is about swimming. Yeah, swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you went first last week, so should I go first? Okay. Ooh, um, show every sh- show the camera beautiful it, you guys can't see it cover. this cover nice gorgeous cover um so yeah this is hester it just came out very recently um this is actually a uncorrected proof and the book itself went on sale in october so very pretty new um and it is inspired by Hester from the Scarlet Letter. I don't know how you guys feel about Mr. Nathaniel Hawthorne. I have mad respect for him because I read the Scarlet Letter in high school and I hated it. I was like, this is so stupid. This is boring. I don't like it. And then I read more of his stories in college and I was like, low key, why does Nathaniel Hawthorne slay? And the Scarlet Letter is in a very interesting way, like a a feminist text. And Hester is like a feminist 
figure. And I think a lot of Nathaniel Hawthorne stuff was doing like kind of really weird horror, first of all, which we have to applaud him for, but was making these statements about society at the time. Um, so it's obvious with the Scarlet Letter, but also you have um, the Maypole of Marymount, which is a really good story and young Goodman Brown. And he was just a very strong critic of the Puritans as he should be, because them bitches was crazy. Um, so this book is based on Hester, but not really in the way you would think. So it follows this girl named Isabel, who is from Scotland and she's married off to this guy who's like a, apothecary like doctor but he's like he at first I mean it was like good that she married him because like to like at the time you couldn't just be like living like you had to get married to protect yourself um and so she marries this guy and but he's like wait is poppy seeds heroin yeah he's addicted to heroin basically because he's addicted to poppy so like he's not like great um but she married him and they take a boat to Salem to go live there um and this is the end of the 1800s when mid mid 1800s when we have Nathaniel Hawthorne young and and writing his first books and it flips back and forth yeah 1829 um between her Isabel and another Isabel who was her perspective comes from 1692, which as we know, is when the Salem witch trials were occurring. And the fun thing about Isabel from Scotland and Isabel in like the front story is that she has some kind of like magic, but it's not like really magic. So <clears throat> her thing is that she can like see colors when it comes to like letters and this is a thing called synesthesia but obviously there like wasn't any words for that back in the day so like I can totally see why you would think you had like some sort of magical powers if you were doing that back in freaking 1829 and she's a really really gifted sewer and she sews a little red a on all her stuff which is where Hester comes in but <clears throat> also sorry guys I'm sick which is why I'm like dying low-key while explaining this but it it says a lot about how in that time period the littlest strange thing about you could get you killed for being a witch so her mom was like you can't tell people that you get pictures in your head of these like garments you want to design and that you think certain letters look this color and that you see like auras around colored auras around things like and like words above people's heads when they're talking like you cannot tell anybody that and also that Scottish people were like really into like fairies and like all this lore that comes with ancient Scottish culture so like that was like a part of her too so she sort of sh shuts that part of herself down in order to basically like protect herself but then when she goes to Salem, her magic is sort of like re-released in a way. But at the same time, she still has to like hide who she is because 
Salem was still reeling from 1692, even 150 years after the fact. Like, the Salem witch trials really rocked their shit. So she still has to be very careful. But when she gets there, she meets Nathaniel Hathorne, and it sort of sparks something in both of them. And her husband is like away at sea at this point, like being a doctor on a ship. And so we really get to see her just like flourish. But at the same time, like we have to be like anxious for her because she's she's different. And like anybody, any woman who was unaccompanied by a man or like I said, different in any way (coughs) could have very easily been just rounded up and hung for being a witch. It was crazy times. Um, but yeah, I don't want to spoil like too much of the plot because I actually do think it's really interesting. Um, the relationship she and Nathaniel Hawthorne had, and this book like explores like a lot of other interesting stuff too, that I think gets skipped over a lot, like what black people were doing in Salem at the time period. But the reason I was like, this book is not really my usual style is because I was kind of expecting this to be like weird literary fiction. I don't know why, maybe because of the cover or what, but <clears throat> I'm so sorry. But it really was historical fiction, like true, true historical fiction, which I always think I don't like. But then again, I read that Samantha Silva book about Mary Wollstonecraft and I really liked that so I'm like maybe I like historical fiction and I do like anything about witches and I do think um whenever we're sort of talking about like feminist literature and women's history month we do have to look to these texts that have women as witches in one way or another and like Marissa and I were low-key just talking about this like this weekend because like all women are like witches and you can take you can take that however you want but the heroine archetype in a any work of fiction there's always some witchy undertones to her and that's because back in the puritan times any woman who they were scared was too powerful or could like stir shit up was a witch and so I just I think that's why I love witches in literature so much because I feel like the women that were accused of witchcraft were like low-key some of the like pioneers of feminist thought um so that's always really fun to explore but yeah that's that's basically Hester like I said I haven't finished it but I I really liked I really liked it I feel like I would give it solid like sixes and sevens across the board I think it's a fun read I think you should pick it up I also think if you're familiar with Salem this book is really fun because like I grew up around Salem and it's like my one of my favorite places on earth and this author's descriptions of 1830s Salem is like really freaking cool um yeah check it out Women's History Month, literally, with some historical fiction on May. Slay.
think you also just think like sometimes things are like oh that's so impossible and then you actually see it happen and you're like oh that's not magic that's real there's just naturally something magical and witchy about the way that women's bodies work yes Like our organs, when we get pregnant, our, our our organs just like shift around places and move in our body. What the frig? Why are you doing that? That's weird. Um, when you're having baby, your body's just like, oh, it's time to open up. What? What does that? That's so wild. So wild. That's so strange. And it's so crazy, too, because also, like, I forgot to mention this, too, but, like, whenever a woman was skilled at anything, they were like, she's a witch! Like, the original doctors were women. And they would be like, no, bitch, you're a witch. Get the fuck out of here. Or, like, this girl, like, literally, she can just sew. Like, she's just good at sewing. And she has to be, like, frightened for her life in case people think she's a fucking witch because of it. Like, shit was crazy. (laughs) How insane is that? I know. Wild. Me and Liza would be... We would have been dead at the tender age of five. Dead. Like, girl, we were really... We were born in the right time period. Because had we been born earlier, it would have been bad news for us. Like, any period in time. Any period. Like, no. Thank God we're here. In the 50s. No, Yeah. Dead. We would have been like those ladies who like poisoned our husbands or something. We would have been in the insane asylum for sure. Oh yeah, forgot the about those. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about other ways that women are magic. So my book, um, I had a miscarriage, a memoir, a movement. Um, so this book is about Jessica Zucker and it's written by her also. And she's, and I didn't know that they had things like this. She's a psychologist for, I don't know if she's a psychologist specifically for this, but I know that like she does have expertise in this I guess is the right way to say it um for women who have had miscarriages or problems getting pregnant or are pregnant and have anxieties about that etc 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 um and she herself has a, a, a miscarriage with her second pregnancy and a, a very traumatic one um which I don't know. I feel like in any like movie that I've seen, any real like media depiction of a miscarriage is is always like, oh, they're bleeding. Oh, there's there's blood soaking through their pants. Something like that. Like it just seems like 
she got her period so that that was her miscarriage and i think it's and i mean jessica's miscarriage was not like that it was a lot more traumatic and i think a lot of ways in which women have miscarriages are different and not always talked about um so yeah so that's the the beginning of the, that's the idea of the book but she takes her miscarriage and she starts talking about the fears of other women and when other women have miscarriages and um the like almost the shame that comes with that and kind of like shame culture around pregnant women and also women who have miscarried um so yeah so that's really it's a tough book to read um i'll start off by saying that i have not yet finished this book first and i think a this book is harder to get through because it is obviously the topics are heavier the topic itself is heavier and it's also dense you know she's she's a a psychologist and so she writes a lot about that and about like the way people think and where that stems from um and certain thoughts like that so it it was denser in in a certain sense and for me personally I think this book is just not something that I'm used to I'm used to reading memoirs but I'm used to reading well I'm not even used to reading memoirs I don't I don't read very many um but when I do I am used to a style that was more like Jasmine Ward's which was much more like she was telling me a story whereas with this book it's more like here's a tidbit on something that happened and then let me talk about that which is totally fine it's just not something that I'm used to reading so it's going to take me a little bit longer to kind of dig through that and get used to that um But and that doesn't mean that I don't that I'm not enjoying it or anything like that. It's just something that I'm not used to because memoirs just aren't my usual read. And that's just the way that it is about that, okay? Um, I will say just you know, it, it doesn't even though I said she's a, a psychologist and she does write technically she's not ever making me feel like I'm reading a science essay which I've totally read books like that and went "Eh, dnf so this one's not like that at all and I found the things that she was saying probably because I am a woman to be actually something that I wanted to know again she talks a lot about studies done on pregnancies and um statistics that come with that 
pregnancies in different cultures and how society reacts towards women in different cultures who are pregnant and all that fun stuff so but I, but again like reading that I'm like oh this is interesting and she never just like presents you with a bunch of facts it's like she's talking about what she's talking about and she will throw a fact in and it works with what she's saying it never feels like it's too much or anything like that which I really appreciated um and and for it to be you know a non-fiction text it is very interesting to read it is something that I wanted to continue reading um her writing is quite not beautiful but emotional in what she's saying and in her content which is lovely um And something that I really, really like is that, you know, it's called I Had a Miscarriage, a memoir, a movement. And that's because she wrote this book. She introduced her miscarriage, which was unlike any kind of miscarriage I had ever heard of. And I'm sure most people had ever heard of. Um, and she... is like raising awareness not only for you know mothers who have had a miscarriage but also mothers who are scared of that and mothers who don't think that their bodies are working correctly and just like she's she's really honestly truthfully she's raising awareness for women in general like, why do we not talk? Like, why is there such a weird shame culture around pregnancy? Why are you, like, told not to tell people until the second trimester? So that if you, because in the first trimester, that's when you're most likely to have a miscarriage. And then the second trimester, your chances drop quite a bit. But, like, why why not let people know that you had this traumatic thing happen to you like why do we not talk about that why do we act like it's like that's a conversation for women and their doctors why like why that's so weird um and i think there's also an ongoing conversation in this book about you know pregnancy in general and how it seems like when a woman is pregnant it's never just her and her baby. It's like suddenly the whole world is aware of her in a way that they weren't before. And it's suddenly like, can I touch your belly? What what names do you have picked out? What's the sex going to be? Like, how far along are you? When do you do? Are you going to have a C-section? Are you nervous about this? What about that? Like, I think that there's just a lot of people who invite themselves into pregnant people's space and who think that they are suddenly open to have the advice and the comments of everyone in the world concerning them and their bodies and their babies and their 
relationships and their marriage and their families and whatever else um and i i think there's something in this in this that's saying when you're pregnant you're suddenly just thrust into like the public eye of everyone in the world but yet when something like this happens when you like have a miscarriage it has to be hushed that no one can hear about it i don't know ridiculous um and so yeah i really think jessica's really raising awareness for women in general here in a conversation about our society and um yeah i just think that that's really beautiful and it's really important and I'm so thankful that Feminist Press sent me this book, and I am so interested to follow this movement, because they do, I'm pretty sure their Instagram is just at I had a miscarriage, and there was a hashtag on Twitter, I'm sure, I mean, it still is a hashtag, I don't know how active it is, but of a lot of people who share their stories on here, um, whether it was a wanted pregnancy or not. And I think, yeah, I'm just excited to follow that and see where it goes and what comes out of it. And I'm excited to see what's going to change, if anything. Um, and I really think more people should read this book. Even to just learn more about miscarriages there's so much in here that I didn't know so much that's like like there's there's a fact in here that I guess most miscarriages happen just because the chromosomes are defective or something like that and it has nothing to do with anything that the mother did and I don't think a lot of people know that a lot of people are like oh you must have lifted something heavy you must have exercised you know what I mean like something stupid like that and really that's those those are mostly misconceptions um but yes I think that this book is beautifully written but also while being extremely informative and it it truly feels like a movement within a book and that's super important and so everyone go read it and celebrate cel cel celebrate women and yeah that's my tea on that <clears throat> i really want to read that it's beautiful it's like pretty horrific but it's wonderful and 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 honestly like it, it's also a really good meditation on like grief and she talks a lot about how, like, what she wanted from people after the fact. And you got to think this lady had a miscarriage and then had to go and counsel other people and talk to them about, like, don't be afraid that your pregnancy is not going to work out. Yeah. Like, that's, like, what a lady. She just seems like she's just the greatest lady. And But she does say that, like, after her miscarriage ha happened, she didn't want people to be like, you're you'll you're so strong you'll get through this or anything like that she wanted people to be like how are you doing right right so 
it's really interesting and and there's a lot of like good thoughts about like grief and and just being like people i guess just people talking to people damn yeah we're real i think that i think like miscarriages and abortions like and birth like all of it is so like scandalized for no reason like or like even stupid stuff like if whether you breastfeed your kid or not like or whether you breastfeed too long like anything that a person decides to do with their kid people will like scandalize it it's so strange and I also just think like I remember in freshman year in biology class when we watched like the birthing video. Yeah. Did you guys have to watch that? We did. Okay. Well, our birthing video, the only part I really remember from it is it was like, like the screen was like red and it looked like you were like moving through like a bloodstream or something and you can hear like water sounds or whatever. So we were all watching and it went on for like a solid like, 30 seconds to a minute of us just like watching this like water passing and like flowing with it or whatever and then it just like showed the baby pop out and it was like a jump scare the way that it was presented it was like like half the class like jumped out of their seats because like we're watching this like weird almost like I don't know almost like mesmerizing thing and then suddenly it's like baby pops out it like was so scary why why was that our birthing video that they made it like a jump scare they do that that's That's, insane that's crazy what the hell and like literally we were all born i don't know who on this earth got here without being born but he was born you were born like and you are you because you were born like you know what I mean like so that's just crazy like damn and 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 just think of like think of how many things could have happened for you to not be here. Thousand different things. So many different things. Yeah. Um, you can cut this out because I don't want to like expose this woman and I'd rather have people like read the book. But did she have the type of miscarriage where she had to deliver the deceased fetus? Um yeah, pretty much she
terrible is that? It's awful. And like you said, and then women are expected to be like, oh, now I'll never mention it to anybody. Right. And it's like the same with like abortions that they're like, oh, I had an abortion. Now I can never tell anybody ever again. Right. It's ridiculous. <sighs> really crazy stuff. And and like never talking about these things is how really bad things happen. Yes. 110%. And you wonder too, like what what used to happen? Because miscarriages and abortions have both been happening for as long as civilization has been around. And it's like, what did women do before it was socially acceptable to even have a therapist? Right. Like, what, what were the, how were they dealing with it? Like, this poor lady had to go in to work and her patients are literally like, I'm so afraid that what happened to you is going to happen to me. She had one patient who was literally like, like before her miscarriage kept telling her like I just have the worst feeling that something really bad is going to happen to you and then obviously she had a miscarriage and and her patient was like I feel like that was like my my biggest nightmare so I I I need like a break from you you didn't have like that's crazy literally that's nuts Well, thank you to the feminist press for sending you that book. Yes, we love them. They are our favorites. Our friends. Um, hey, what are we doing next week? Next week is Dead Week. Dead Week. Did we get that from Samantha Hunt? Because I feel like we had a dead week in her class. I don't remember. I feel like we had a blue week and a dead week. I don't remember why we were doing dead week. But we love dead week, nonetheless. We love dead things. We love dead things. Um, What are you reading? I'm reading a book called Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Clune. And I'm reading a book called All the Living and the Dead from Embalmers to Executioners and Exploration of the People Who Have Made Death Their Life's Work by Haley Campbell. You love it? I love I love death care. I love death care and I love death care workers. I think you guys are so slay. So I'm very excited about uh not so much executioners, but I mean, hey, you got to make a living somehow. Um, but I love like um, morticians and death doulas and uh, autopsy techs and shit. So I'm excited about that. One day me and Liza will be doing some freaky things like that. I know. And we'll probably be getting some sort of arrested for it because I just can't see a world where either of us will be like getting a degree in mortuary arts but you'll see us around (laughs) on the news maybe did you see that lady from salem massachusetts who the fbi came this was just a few days ago the fbi came seized her store and arrested her and then searched her home because she basically owned this doll store in salem which i have never been to 
but there was human remains being sold all throughout her doll store and they were unethically sourced human remains no less excuse me that's i didn't hear about that isn't that bonkers yeah do you know were people willingly buying these so people were buying them without knowing the tea so it's giving low-key them when the people ate the pigs that had been eaten on people but some of them were human bones that people were buying which is an argument to discuss in and of itself i personally i don't know how i feel about it i don't think you should own bones of somebody else if you didn't like know that person like I think that's weird, but at the same time, I personally don't think, I don't know, like, religiously speaking, I don't think anything of, like, bones being in, like, the wrong place, being, like, a bad thing, but, like, this woman was clearly doing, like, grave robberies or that sort of thing to get these parts, and, like, it's very odd. Was she old? No, she was like a 30-something-year-old woman. And she made these creepy dolls. She made dolls. And she had human remains as, like, portions of the dolls. And then she had, like, real bones that she was selling that she had presumably stolen from graves. Yeah, I wonder what people would want them for. Like, do you just hang them on your wall? What are you doing with those? Right. Like, I have no problem with you wanting to keep somebody's bones that you knew that person and maybe that's part of your culture but like why would you just want a random person's spine like you don't know where they got that you didn't ask the questions why did you buy that what if they were a terrible person too right like what what do we do what are we doing (laughs) what are we doing that guy hey Oh, that reminds me. I gotta go watch Niall Horan's skincare routine on Vogue. Things to do after this vid, after we finish this. But that's ne- next week, people. That's next week. The The season is fast approaching its close. We have... Only like a month left. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's cuckoo bananas. Yeah, I'm ex- that's insane. We have some fun ones coming up for you guys, so get ready. And that's all she wrote. That's that on that. That's the T on that. Bye. Bye. Recording in progress.